You're listening to Renegade Broadcasting. changes have been made here um i mentioned how i you know was wanting to go to a morning show but then it was looking like kyle's schedule wasn't going to allow for that but it turns out uh, he was able to do that on on mondays and tuesdays so that's going to be the uh the deal from here on out um <clears throat> i'm going to be pre-recording my shows i'm not even going live just because um i got so many topics that i've been wanting to cover and I want to get this information out there as quick as I can because uh, my eyesight is really, really taking a dive. I'm not even doing any research uh, right now for new shows. I just can't. I can't do it. Um, I'm very limited to how uh, – I, I don't even think it's that I'm going blind. It's just that I, I just can't read. My my eyesight seems the same as it all, as always has been. It's just that they get weaker uh, when I try to read. I did go see an eye doctor, and uh, she told me that, you know, I'm in my mid-50s, so this is to be expected. Um, and, yeah, she doesn't think it means I'm going blind. It's just my eyes, you know, I'm getting older. My eyes get tired more easy. Um, and so, you know, I, I can't read uh, like I used to. I just can't read more than maybe two hours at a time, maybe two hours in a whole day. I don't know. Is it, yeah, I used to pour through a book in, in one or two days. I'd read a whole book. Um, now, I don't even know if I'm going to get through a book in a month's time. It's it's sad. It's pathetic. You know, that was my uh, that was my thing. Reading, you know, researching. I'm still going to do it, God damn it, but just not on the scale uh, that I used to. But anyways, so... Like I said, uh, I'm doing the, sh the morning show. I want to see how uh, how this works. You know, I think it's going to be better. My eyes uh, seem to be much stronger in the morning. And also, I'm not taking calls just because, you know, I want to get... Uh, I've actually had quite a few requests, too, you know, people asking me, when you do topical shows, can you, uh, you know, withhold calls? And so I already had started to do that, you know, the past few weeks. Uh, just to get the information out and make it easy for people to share, too. It's hard to share something when, you know, there's a bunch of calls. Not, not that I don't like calls, but, you know, like I said, I just want to get all this information out there 
uh, you know, without interruption and as quickly as I can before. Uh, I don't know, guys. I think my broadcasting days are numbered. Um, hopefully, though, you know, this morning thing will be working much better. I haven't taken some uh, a new herb. I didn't even know it was good for your eyes. I've heard of it, this herb, but I didn't know it was good for your eyes. Uh, Kyle recommended uh, ginkgo biloba. So I've been popping that now for probably about a week. Um, so, it, you know, seems to be doing okay. Uh, but sometimes with herbs, you know, it takes a little longer. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes in the, in, the, in the coming weeks. Anyway, I thought there was something else I was going to mention. I'm trying to think now. Um, but yeah, guys, so I'll, I'll be doing, uh, you know, pre-recorded shows, no calls. Um, oh yeah. And it's going to be strictly topical. Um, I'm not going to be doing, you know, headlines just cause I, I want to get these topics out there. This is stuff that I put together, um, you know, over the past few years that have just been mounting and especially because of goddamn COVID now, I haven't had time to get to these notes. But I really want to get to them now, like I said, because my eyesight's taking a dive. Um, so, yeah, I won't be covering headlines uh, unless there's something really major. Obviously, I'll, I'll, I'll make reference to it, but, um, you know, I just want to get these topics out there. Anyway, I got uh, an update on the uh, COVID-19 propaganda website last night. Here's the latest uh, site hits amount to 13,157. That's, uh, that's, that's a good number. The uh, booklets ordered uh, are 518 COVID booklets. The flyers, 3,900. So that's awesome. 3,900 flyers are circulating out there. The VAX report downloads, 1161. Uh, the COVID notes download, 1360. Um, the booklet downloads, you know, with the pictures, uh, 1645, and then finally the flower, uh, yeah, the flyer downloads, 427. So this is great, guys. I mean, we're looking at thousands and thousands of people uh, that are being reached with this information, and it's more timely now than ever. So let's uh, keep getting that out there, covid19propaganda.com. All right, guys, let's get into, uh, I've been waiting to get to this for a while. It has nothing to do with, uh, uh, well, not directly, I guess indirectly, everything's tied in with frickin' uh, tribal-run politics. This one's more specifically tribal-run science. Uh, I've talked about this topic before from another angle, but this here clinches the case. What I'm going to present uh, right now doesn't uh, overturn what I've said in the past on this subject. It just puts it together uh, much better and expands on it like never before. One of the biggest mysteries for me has always been, uh, well, not just me, science in general, at least the way they portray it. I wonder if it really is a mystery for them and they just want us to think it is. But nevertheless, it's always been a, a puzzle. What the hell is gravity? Um, if you look at mainstream science textbooks, yeah, they'll have you thinking that it's basically a mystery. 
they'll throw Einsteinian theories at you, which upon close inspection, guys, amount to nothing but unadulterated bullshit. And, we'll, you know, we'll be getting into that. Um, I was never satisfied with it. It didn't answer anything. It just left more questions. And so I poked around uh, on this topic for a while. I, I thought I was making some headway here and there. I, I, I was making some progress, but I still, there was still something missing. Uh, I, I, you know, I couldn't quite nail it. I was never happy with anything I've ever listened to and from anyone I've ever uh, read or, 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 you know, documentaries I've watched, whatever. I think I finally have it figured out, guys. And, you know, at the end of this discussion, I think you'll agree, this is the final answer on what gravity actually is. And, uh, you know, as the saying goes, the simplest explanation is usually the right one. It's not the one that requires an elaborate uh, mathematical formula and uh, 10, 12, uh, 20 years of, uh, of uh, you know, formal training. No, 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 no. When you require a three foot thick book with complicated lingo that 99% of the population can't understand, and three mile long mathematical formulas to explain something, it not only bores the Christ out of me, but it, it's just jargon. It doesn't even do anything, but it's all said and done. Even if you can comprehend what you just read, it still doesn't answer the question. I, you know, sometimes science textbooks are designed just to give the appearance as though they're saying something profound when it's just garbage, it's jargon. So let's, uh, we're going to first look at the garbage they've been offering us as the explanation for gravity. Then we're going to get into um, <clears throat> what, as far as I can tell, is, is something unique that I have found, that I have put together. Um, I, I may, there might be others out there that have come to the same conclusion. I don't know. But I've just taken bits and pieces from here and there, put them together, and then it just finally clicked for me. I think what I'm going to be presenting is actually what Nikola Tesla had stumbled on. And he said he was going to share it, you know, years ago. And of course, he never got to. He died and El Gabriente seized all his files, which will never see the light of day. But I think what I'm going to be presenting is the answer to, uh, you know, what, what he himself found. Anyway, almost everything we know today, or think we know anyway, about gravity uh, as well as magnetism, uh, electricity, is a result of the uh, faulty premise or premises uh, that have been bequeathed to us, primarily from Mr. Albert Einstein, guys, who we know was a complete fraud. He plagiarized everything once again, and uh, <clears throat> the people he plagiarized, uh, you know, mostly Bunkari, uh, were wrong. Poincaré was wrong. He was a genius. The idea he had was, you know, uh, very uh, clever, you know, uh, but he was wrong. Some of the things he said were, were right, yes, but the overall theory of relativity, which he put together in 1875, has turned out to be wrong. It was an ingenious idea, again, and, you know, it has some merits to it, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not correct. Many scientists are actually uh, coming around and, and admitting that, you know, the whole underpinning 
philosophy behind, uh, or you know, science behind uh, relativity is 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 faulted, faulted, you know, faulty. Anyway, um, most people think that Einstein, you know, has helped us leap forward tremendously uh, in our understanding of the universe of, of physics. No, guys, the truth is, he's kept us back majorly. Many major discoveries over the years have been scrapped when it was found out that they couldn't be harmonized with Einsteinian physics. It's so disgusting, guys. This has been done, of course, deliberately, as always. <clears throat> but um, did you know that there was uh, a behind-the-scenes uh, debate? It wasn't quite so heated like it was between uh, Tesla and, and, and uh, Edison. But still, there was this disagreement and it was more on Tesla's end. Einstein didn't enter into a, you know, a debate with, with Tesla or anybody else for that matter. Einstein never debated uh, scientists who were in disagreement with him because he, A, didn't have the ability to do so. He was an idiot. He really was. He just plagiarized. That's all he did. But B, he knew he couldn't defend his positions anyway. He let the tribal-controlled media do his job for him. They put him up on a pedestal even though he didn't really have, just like Fauci, right? As far as the general public is concerned, Fauci is the expert on, on uh, health issues when he's a blooming asshole, an idiot. Just like, uh, you know, Mullis said, right? Mullis nailed him as a corrupt, lying SOB who doesn't know what he's talking about. But because the dumbass masses never look into anything, they view him as an expert and listen to what he says. So it is with Einstein, guys. There are many scientists, that, right, starting from Einstein's day right up into modern times. Uh, less so now because they don't want to lose their jobs. That doesn't mean they agree with, they actually agree with Einstein, but they'll pretend they do to keep their jobs. But nevertheless, there are some who don't care about, uh, you know, winning a popularity contest who have come out and are still coming out and saying that Einstein was full of crap. Um, but it doesn't matter. The general public still looks up to him, just like the general public still looks up to Fauci. And why? Because of the tribal-controlled uh, you know, media, the, the academic system. Yeah. yeah. So unless you learn to do your own independent thinking, you're always going to be mental slaves of this corrupt tribal controlled system that's going to have you walking in the dark, stumbling over, you know, even, even a lot of scientists who, just like the general public, buy into the BS and don't question anything. Um, so that not only are they going to, you know, not be of benefit to the public, spewing the same BS lies, they won't even be of benefit to their own selves. You know what I'm saying? Their own research won't even benefit their own selves because they're always going to try to make it conform to the pre-established ideas that phony ass Einstein, uh, you know, advocated. Anyway, scientists tell us that uh, they're desperately trying to establish a workable theory of everything, uh, you know, a way to harmonize the four major forces of nature into one cohesive package uh, to explain you know, all these different forces, connecting them in some way 
but everything they offer is garbage. They go off into these wild speculative tangents that look good because, again, they come attached with all these complex mathematical formulas. It looks impressive. Woo! When it's nothing but BS. String theory is a good example of that, guys. Totally leading you down a dead-end road so that you, you'll never make one step forward in trying to explain these forces of nature and harmonize them. Those four forces, of course, are, you know, gravity, the, the weak and strong uh, atomic forces, and then electromagnetic forces. We're not going to be dealing in this discussion with the weak and strong atomic forces. What we are going to be dealing with, though, is gravity and electromagnetism. And guess what, guys? I don't want to get too much ahead of ourselves here, but uh, they can be harmonized. Absolutely. Very much so, as we're going to see. So there's no mystery there. They are intimately connected, as intimately connected as you can get, as we will see. Anyway, so what exactly are these forces, particularly gravity, electromagnetism, uh, and how, if at all, are they related? So this is what we're going to be getting into. And like I said, guys, I am absolutely convinced I have finally cracked the code, if you will, finally found the answer. Uh, that I've been looking for, uh, you know, that pretty much everyone's been looking for, except perhaps the elitists in the scientific community who probably already know this, but they're never going to tell you. It's very simple, guys. You don't need to be a genius. You don't need to be a scientist to have 15 uh, plaques on your wall uh, with, with all these degrees. No, 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 no. Very simple. Very simple. Uh, you know, and that was um, Tesla's way, the simple rule. Uh, he understood complex mathematical formulas, but he said they're not even necessary. And, uh, you know, he implied that, yeah, once you get into that realm, you're going to, you know, get off the track of where you're trying to get and you're going to derail the public. You know, you're going to lose their interest. He said it was just not, not necessary and it didn't accomplish anything. We're going to read some quotes uh, from him along that line uh, later on. Anyway. Before we get into this, though, before we break it down, it's important for us to uh, take a look at a very revealing quote in the August 2nd, 2019 edition of the uh, Washington Post. An article was featured entitled, Everything You Thought You Knew About Gravity Is Wrong. Very interesting, guys. It stated, we don't know what gravity is. Say that to an average person, and the answer that you'll probably get is some version of what are you talking about? Gravity is the force of attraction that makes things fall straight down. But say it to a physicist, and the answer you'll get is that's right. Physicists will agree, the ones worth their weight in gold anyway, will agree that we don't know what gravity is, at least we don't know as far as what science has been telling us. It's a mystery. It's unanswerable. But guys, it's not a mystery. It's not unanswerable. Everything clicks once you hear what, you know, what I've discovered. Um, I put these notes together, oh, I don't know, probably about a year ago, just, just before COVID. And I was hoping to get to it, you know, right away. I couldn't wait to share this. But of course, COVID broke and oh, God damn it, that just, you know, 
fucked everything up, got me off track. In the meantime, I put some other notes together, and so that's what I've been sharing the past, you know, several months that I've been covering topical stuff. But nevertheless, I, I've been anxious, itchy to get to this, because this is major right here. This is major. Anyway, this quote went on to say, uh, I know because those are two answers that I've been getting for the last two years, ever since I figured out that nobody knows what gravity actually is, and that just about nobody knows that nobody knows what gravity is. Uh, the exception is physicists. They know that nobody knows what gravity is because they know that they don't know what gravity is. Very interesting. How do you like that? This, just, this article just came out two years ago. Admitting that nobody, including physicists, knows, or at least if they know, they're not going to tell you, but, you know, as far as the general public is concerned, nobody knows, and even the physicists, as far as the author of this article could tell, don't know what gravity is. So guess what that means, guys? We are free to speculate on our own, use our own intellects. We don't have to be scientists. We don't have to be uh, intimately familiar with, uh, uh, you know, trigonometry and calculus and on and on it goes to be able to figure out something that shouldn't even require those things. That's the case with, with most things, guys, even, even science. You don't need to be a genius. You don't need to have a degree. All you got to do is spend a little time, do some reading, and then thinking, thought experiments. Remember how uh, Tesla said that most of the stuff that he invented, most of the ideas that he came up with, he did so in his head, not on paper, not in the lab experimenting. He did it in his head. He had it all worked out in his head. Then later he went to the lab and confirmed, sure enough, it does work as I suspected it would. That's all you need to do, guys, is just think, think, which is the whole reason why they don't teach you how to think, isn't it? They don't want you to progress, uh, you know, to advance. They want to keep you back. Anyway, so there you have it, guys. It's not known what gravity is. So let's go on an interesting ride, an adventurous ride here to discover finally, once and for all, exactly what gravity is. First, we need to take a look, though, at the two prevailing schools of thought 100 years ago uh, in the early uh, 20th century. At that time, yeah, there were two main conflicting views about the nature uh, of the universe and uh, the top two opposing uh, uh, opponents were Tesla and Einstein. Everything hinged around you know, their ideas about the universe in general, gravity in particular. Tesla disagreed with Einstein's uh, stolen theory of relativity, as I said, in a number of ways. As far back as the uh, turn of the 20th century, Tesla claimed that he had intercepted cosmic rays emanating from the sun that um, attained velocities that far exceeded the speed of light, his own words, vastly exceeded uh, the speed of light, he said. So right off the bat, over 100 years ago, Tesla realized that Einstein's uh, constant of the speed of light and that nothing could exceed the speed of light was horse crap, horse crap. 
Well, guess what? In more recent years, you know, people frowned at, at, at Tesla's claim for the longest time, right? The scientific world, you know, poo-pooed it away. But now they're coming around slowly but surely and admitting that, yes, on numerous occasions, scientists have noticed both, uh, you know, through astronomical observations and in the lab that you can break the sound barrier. It's been done. It's been observed and it's been done. So Einstein was wrong right there. And Tesla was right, wasn't he? Of course he was. Tesla further stated <clears throat> that the uh, impulses transmitted from his uh, Warden Cliff uh, wireless transmission tower in uh, New York had also traveled at velocities in excess of the speed of light. So he observed uh, the speed of light being broken by, you know, particles from the sun and from his own experimentation, what is now being done by mainstream science. Most scientists uh, would still laugh at this concept. No, the speed of light can't be broken, but no, that's starting to change, guys, luckily. Took uh, over 100 years, but they're finally coming around and seeing that Tesla was right all along. Anyway. Uh, Tesla brazenly drew this conclusion about Einstein's uh, relativity theory. He said, not a single one of the relativity propositions has been proven. How do you like that, guys? Not a single one. Tesla had this figured out long ago, right in the days of Einstein. <clears throat> and here we are 100 years later, guys, Still, even though some scientists are coming around finally, still Einstein is upheld as the final authority when what he offers, as we're going to see shortly, is complete horseshit. Not only because he was wrong about the speed of light, guys, well, the whole relativity thing too, but also um, gravity. What he said about gravity is not only incorrect, it's outright, in your face, brazen bullshit. You know, here I go. Uh, I also had a request in addition to being asked, you know, to hold off on the commercials for, for topics. Uh, a lot of people also asked me if I could temper down the swearing because that makes it easier to share my shows with. And uh, I, I forgot about that one. I blew it again. Uh, you know how many times I've tried that and it has never worked? <laughs> I might have restrained myself for maybe a few weeks or a few months. And then I found myself back to swearing again just because of this messed up world we're in. Yeah, I'm going to try to do that. I want to keep this, you know, professional, family oriented if I can. Anyway, I got to hook myself up to some tasering device so every time I swear it zaps me. <laughs> uh, so, one of the uh, other specific things that Tesla uh, differed with Einstein on. Again, this is the idea of gravity. So we're going to get into that, guys, when we get back. This is where it gets real interesting. Yeah, great, guys. Take care.
government, media, and academia. Repeat. Jews are poor. The government and media are anti-Semitic. Hola! You've just heard chosen, one of the oldest languages known to ape. Try another. Mayanta is fat, ugly, and Sephardi. My wife is beautiful, intelligent, and spiritual. Good job! We have chosen learning pods in synagogues, lodges, even selected pizza restaurants. Learn chosen and stay ahead. Vaccines are safe. The Holocaust was real. <laughs> so fluent, so chosen. Fees, obligations, and genital mutilation apply. guys welcome back so as far as modern mainstream science is concerned there's only one acceptable theory of gravity uh, that which was again proposed by Einstein namely that gravity is caused by the uh, mass of a body that warps space that's it right there that's the explanation of gravity the larger the body the more it warps space and causes things around it to orbit warps space you've probably seen these illustrations right where they'll drop uh you know like a bowling ball or something on this stretched out cloth so it creates this warp in the in the fabric and then they'll take a, uh you know marble and they'll have it spin around it'll keep circling you know around and around and around uh, and they'll say that that helps to illustrate what gravity does at warp space. Guys, think about it. Naturally, if you drop a bowling ball, of course it's going to warp the fabric because the fabric is material. But how exactly do you warp space? Do you see how they're making monkeys out of us? Do you see how ridiculous this is? The most learned minds in science, whether they're lying knowingly or just as ignorant as the general masses, it doesn't matter. Either way, what they're pawning off on us is laughably and disgustingly ridiculous. How can non-material, and that's what space is, it's the very absence of material, it has no substance to it whatsoever. And yet they're telling us that gravity warps something that has no substance, no material. It's the absence of substance, right? 
I was like, fuck, is that even possible? I don't care how strong the magnetic or the, the gravitational field might be. It doesn't matter. How can it warp space? And yet that is the prevailing explanation. Do you see why? The search goes on with, with a lot of people who they're, they're not happy with that. It just it it just defies reason. It defies common sense. It is in fact the opposite of sense. It's nonsense. Look what they're potting off on us as science guys. There's another theory, the other one that was prevailing in the day that now has been so completely uh, villainized, if you will demonized, attacked, that most people haven't, haven't even heard of it, or if they have heard of it, they laugh at it, they poo-poo it away. It's, of course, the idea of uh, an ether, which Tesla was big on. Well, guess what, guys? Even if there isn't an ether, I tell you what, it makes a hell of a lot more sense than the horse shit there are. Uh, there I go again. <clears throat> Probably not this way. The idea of an ether makes a heck of a lot more sense scientifically than what they're offering in its place. That space warps. No, no. Guess what, guys? Uh, the idea of there being an ether actually does make a lot of sense. There does appear to be some force that enables, uh, you know, uh, propagation of, of, of energy waves through empty space, every wave needs something to, to uh, transmit through, right? You know, when you drop a water, uh, a, 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 a rock into a, a body of water, you get ripples, right? Those ripples are the release of energy created by dropping the rock in the water, and the water serves as the medium to disperse that energy, right? Those waves are traveling through water. When you speak, your you know, the vibration created by your vocal cords travels through the air. Sound waves travel through the air. If you speak in a vacuum, nobody will hear you because there's no air to serve as the medium to transmit the waves, right? This is how it works with everything. All waves need something to propagate through. So how does light propagate through empty space? There's nothing there, right? It's a vacuum, essentially. But yet, light waves travel through space. How does that happen? Well, again, this was the idea that was common for actually for centuries up until Tesla's time. But then, you know, once Einstein came along with his BS, they dropped the idea of the ether. But nevertheless, we're still left with the problem. How does it, uh, you know, how do waves, light waves and, and whatnot propagate? Guys, you can, you can actually feel um, you know, some people say, well, yeah, the ether exists, but you just can't detect it. I'll argue that you actually can. You actually can detect it. Just take two magnets and point both north ends toward each other, and you'll feel this repulsion. The stronger the magnets, the greater the repulsion, right? If you ever take really powerful cadmium magnets and try to make them touch with the two poles, it feels like there's something rigid, something hard, solid. You can't. You gotta really, really push them together. Try to try to get them to touch. Some magnets you'll never get them to touch because this force is too powerful, right? What is that force? 
What is it? It's something that feels tangible, yet if you put your finger up against the magnet, you don't feel anything there, but there's obviously some kind of force at play, right? They'll say, well, it's the magnetic field. Yeah, but what is that actual force that makes you feel it when you try to put the two uh, uh, poles together, you know, the same poles together? What is that actual? Scientists used to say that, well, it's a field of electrons. No, it's not. That's now been proven to not be true. It's not an actual field of electrons. So what is it? I'll argue that it's the magnetic field propagating through this ether that otherwise we've not been able to detect, but that is the way to detect it. You can actually physically feel its presence, and it's a very powerful one. This is what Einstein had believed. I mean, not Einstein. This is what uh, Tesla had believed, guys. Tesla was a big advocate of this idea of an ether. And uh, though, you know, we still haven't been able to actually demonstrate it other than feeling it, you know, with a magnet. And uh, we haven't been able to, to, you know, prove it in any other way. Uh, I still think it's the best answer. But that's not really what this discussion is about. It's about identifying specifically what gravity is, which we're going to be getting to. But, you know, I just had to throw that in there because I, I think Tesla uh, either had it right or at least had a much better idea than what Einstein is offering. Anyway. Um, let's see, I got ahead of myself on my notes here. Here's what uh, Tesla had to say uh, about, uh, you know, the idea of um, the warping of space. He said, I hold that space cannot be curved for the simple reason that it can have no properties. There you go, guys. Space has no properties. It's the absence of properties. Space doesn't have any uh, <laughs> any smell, any taste. You can't touch it. You, you, you know, uh, you can't hear it. It, it, it it's it, the very presence of nothing. <laughs> it's nothingness. It's a void. It's a vacuum. It's devoid of any. Think about it. It's absolutely ridiculous, guys, to suggest that anything physical could exert any influence on space, aside from taking it up, right? You know, you ever hear that expression, you're a waste of space, you're taking up space? Yeah, that's all matter can do is occupy space, but it doesn't influence space. You can't influence it. It's just space. It has no tangible stuff. Again, I can't stress this enough, guys. Look how they monkey with us. Look at the crap they get people to believe that not only does it make sense, it's just absolute laughably ridiculous nonsense. Tesla went on to say, it might as well be said that God has properties. He has not, but only attributes, and these are of our own making. Isn't that interesting? I think Einstein got the whole concept here with religion. Uh, and again, I'm not saying there isn't some you know, creative force out there. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But um, almost everything that's ever been said about God or gods is of man's own making. And so it is with the warping of space. It's of man's own making. He went on to say, 
of properties, we can only speak when dealing with matter, filling the space. Um, to say that in the presence of large bodies, space becomes curved is equivalent to stating that something can act upon nothing. I, for one, refuse to subscribe to such a view. There you go. All right. That's off to Mr. Tesla once again, guys. He's absolutely right. And yet, for over 100 years now, they've been propagating this lie of, of all lies. Uh, it's just nonsense. If you ever listen to, you know, lectures by some, some of the great physicists of, of the day, they'll go on and on about this, guys. And yet, the whole premise is complete BS. It's kind of like when I talked about, uh, you know, their um, radioisotopic dating and how, you know, when it comes to fossils, they'll date the, uh, the minerals in the fossil. You can't date, you know, the, the it's not like carbon-14 dating, which, you know, that has some problems too, but it, generally speaking, it is it is a pretty good method for dating. Um, not always. It's not always accurate. You know, there are some factors that slip in there that can screw up the thing, but generally speaking, it's a pretty good, reliable dating. But when it comes to radioisotopic dating, you know, like, like for fossils, it's useless because what they're dating, you can't use carbon-14 because the half-life is too short, number one. And number two, uh, most fossils don't have any biological materials left anyway. It's all been, you know, completely uh, replaced with, with minerals. There's nothing there except the shape, the appearance of the original object that has long since decomposed. It's been completely mineralized. So there's no way that you can actually date how old the animal was, how long ago the animal died that's been replaced by those minerals. When, when they date a fossil, guys, all they're dating, which, again, is, isn't even reliable. The method has is so many flaws in it. But nevertheless, the best it could tell you is how old the minerals are that have replaced that now long-since-dead animal that's preserved in the fossil record. You see what I'm saying? All they're dating is the minerals. Well, whoopty dip shit. Ah, and again, here we go. All they're dating is uh, the minerals. Those minerals existed long before they came along to replace uh, that animal or plant in the fossil record. You see what I'm saying? But that's what science offers us today for dating fossils. Dating the minerals that long preceded the, the time of the fossil formation. It, it's ridiculous. Again, it's like going to a grave site digging up some bones and saying, oh, I know how old these bones are because I dated the, the, the soil that the bones were buried in. Well, that's ridiculous. The soil was there long before the bones came along. You see what I mean? But this is what they point off as science, and people buy it, just like Dr. Fauci. It's pawned off as science, and so people buy it when, in fact, he's a lying FOB. All right, all right, anyway. Once again, guys, Tesla was 100% right, way ahead of his time. Scientists often place, uh, as I said, you know, a ball on, a, on a, a cloth and they create this warping thing. By the way, when they do that, uh, 
the marble that they'll put on the cloth and have it spin around the, the bowling ball, whatever, uh, it only goes around three or four times, and then you know what happens, right? It falls in and collides with the bowling ball. It doesn't stay in that orbit perpetually. Now, scientists will say, oh, well, you know, the Earth is eventually spiraling in toward the sun. Is it? Is it really? How many, you know, millions or even billions of years have the planets been essentially in the orbit that they're in now? There has been some slight disruption because of, you know, asteroidal impacts and whatnot. But nevertheless, the planets aren't spiraling, guys. The planets are locked in to the orbits that they're in. They're not spiraling. There's no way you can make a correlation between a marble circling a bowling ball on a, on a, on a distorted frickin' stretched piece of cloth and the planetary orbits. Sorry. No comparison at all. There's no warping of space. The planets, as we'll see uh, later in this discussion, the planets are locked into their orbits. They're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. The only way that planets will uh, will uh, lose their orbital momentum and eventually collide with the sun is if the sun, for whatever reason, loses its energy. The sun's energy has everything to do with planetary orbits. I'm getting ahead of myself, but other than that, guys, as long as the sun maintains its energy output, and I'll get into specifically what type of energy I'm talking about in a bit here, but as long as the sun continues to do that, the planet's never going to collide with the sun. Anyway. So what was Tesla's alternative theory uh, to warp space, you may ask? Well, we know that all the forces of nature uh, emanate, you know, as waves, right? And that waves require a medium to, to go through. So there you go. His proposal uh, was ether. And it wasn't unique to himself, as I said. This idea had been floating around for a long time before he came along. He just picked it up and ran with it and realized that, yeah, there has to be an ether. That was always believed. Einstein came along and overturned all that, and he overturned it with poppycock. So, I, I, like I said, even if the ether idea is wrong, it's better, much better, way better than what Einstein, uh, you know, replaced it with. It actually makes sense that there's something substantival involved here that we can't detect with our instruments as yet, although I'll argue you can detect it yourself with a couple magnets, right? Pointing the same poles toward each other and feeling that resistance. There has to be for waves to transmit across you know, empty space, right? Something has to facilitate the transport of those uh, you know, light waves and whatnot. Anyway, famous physicist uh, J.C. Maxwell stated in Treaty on Electricity and Magnetism, quote, this medium of propagation, the ether, must exist, he said. This medium must be a prominent thought in our investigation. In other words, you know, in our experiments, scientific experiments, we must keep this in mind, the idea of the ether. It's the only way to explain. Keep in mind, guys, this was Maxwell. 
big time famous physicist that they quote from all the time. And yet he was uh, an etherist, just like uh, like um, um, Tesla was. Oh, but they don't want to talk about that. Do you realize Einstein in his day was really the only one initially anyway, that was pushing this new idea of, of, of a warping of space. The overwhelming majority of the scientific community not only was not on board with Einstein, they were totally against it. But because of the tribal media and the propaganda they created, one by one, scientists started to jump aboard with this new idea, even though they didn't feel comfortable with it, because again, it became popularized is your advancing of science for you, right? Anyway, in, me in medieval times, uh, the ether was defined as a fifth element beyond the uh, physical world. It was a popular idea. And again, like I said, it prevailed, uh, you know, for centuries thereafter. Newton was a big proponent of it. All the great thinkers, all the uh, pioneers of science, Galileo, you know, all believed in this idea of ether. Only when the fraud Einstein came along did that change. It's pretty pathetic, pretty disgusting. In uh, 1887, Alan uh, Michelson and Edward Morley tried to detect the ether uh, by using two sets of mirrors pointed uh, at each other and placed miles apart. One set was aimed at the uh, direction of the Earth, uh, the, the direction of the Earth was moving, and the other set uh, was aimed at right angles to the movement of the Earth. And it was said that, you know, if the ether was real, you'd be able to calculate its influence by seeing if there was any difference in measuring the speed of light traveling back and forth between these two sets of mirrors. No difference was noted, so it was concluded that there wasn't uh, such thing as an ether. But what they failed to take into account is the fact that objects in motion actually um, compress matter. And so they didn't take that factor into consideration with their little experiment, so it makes it null and void. But imagine, guys, that test back in the late 19th century is still used as a basis to prove that the ether has been disproved. It hasn't been disproved. The experiment was flawed. It's based on flawed material. They do this all the time, don't they? Again, coming back to COVID, guys. The PCR test shows that COVID is on the rise. They've mucked with the thing so that it will detect any trace of, of, you know, viral infection from 20, 30 years ago, guys. And they know that they're doing that. They're just bargaining on the fact that you don't know, that the general public doesn't know. You see what they're pawning off on us as science, guys? They do this across the board in many uh, different fields. They'll take some phony experiment that, that they know is flawed, but nevertheless, they'll keep citing the results of such experiments to throw the public off and convince them that, yep, that was disproven. No, it wasn't. Absolutely wasn't.
1920, lecturing at the uh, University of Leiden on the topic of the ether and the theory of relativity, Einstein actually stated outright that the ether did exist. He actually said this. He was having second thoughts. And he said that it was necessary as a medium of transfer because light also had wave-like properties and needed something to transfer through. Einstein actually said this. Even though he was propagating the, the idea of, you know, warp space and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, he, he had these second thoughts. He expressed them in 1920. He must have been pulled aside later and said, oh, no, no, sir, no. We're, we're going to go with your idea. That's going to be the prevailing thought. So you just need to stick with it. And so he didn't bring it up again after that. And neither is this speech ever referenced. They don't want you to know that Einstein had doubts that I get the hell out of here, man. Keep believing in warp space. Keep believing it's possible for physical matter to exert an influence on something that has no properties to it whatsoever. Hey, <laughs> if you're gonna believe in space warping, well, I guess it is possible for the magic bullet theory to make sense. Yes, when Lee Harvey fired that bullet, it's the only time in history we know that this happened uh, outside of Einsteinian, uh, you know, uh, observations in the universe, uh, gravity and, you know, planets orbiting around. Other than that, the only time we've observed it here on Earth was when Oswald, nod, nod, wink, wink, fired that deadly shot, and the bullet in midair changed course. That's an example of the warping of space. Get the fuck out of here, man. Oh, jeez, I didn't have fun. I don't know, guys. I don't think I have it in me. <laughs> uh, hopefully tomorrow I'll have better luck with that one. This comes too natural to me to... Uh, fly off the handle with the F-bombs here. Anyway. I'm just skipping down here because I went ahead of myself again. Okay, here we go. Let's get into now the, the, the heart of this discussion as to what gravity actually is, guys. This uh, is one of the most profound discoveries I've made, at least regarding science anyway. In uh, all my years of digging, and, and this was one question that really, really puzzled me. And I wondered, you know, we see the effects of gravity all the time. We're influenced by gravity all the time. Every time we trip, you know, lose our balance, drop something on the floor, it breaks. We're dealing with gravity constantly, and yet we don't know what it is. How can we not know what it is? All these centuries of scientists poking and prodding and trying to make sense of, of, of you know, physics, and, and yet one of the most basic fundamental questions we don't understand, I just, I couldn't understand how we couldn't understand, how we really haven't made one step forward in our progress of making sense of gravity. Sure, we understand the laws of gravity, we can figure out uh, the influence of gravity, how much, you know, the force will be, how much you, you would weigh if you lived on this planet or that planet, uh, you know, we can understand orbital mechanics, on and on and on. We can write formulas and predict accurately when there's going to be an, an, an eclipse based on our understanding of gravity. 
but yet we don't know what the hell it is? Oh, I guarantee you they know what it is, guys. They know what it is. And I think I finally figured it out myself. It's been staring us in the face all along, but we never saw it because we're convinced that, you know, if the establishment, if the experts don't know, how are we to figure it out? Or otherwise, people have fallen for the Einsteinian bullshit. And even though it doesn't make sense to them, they won't admit it doesn't make sense. They want to look like fools. So they'll just go along with the warping of space idea. Because that's what the experts say, so it must be right. It's so pathetic. So let's really uh, get into the heart of this now, guys. This is where it gets real interesting. Tesla once wrote, I have worked out a dynamic theory of... Gra- oh, okay. All right, guys, short break. Pick up uh, with that in the back. by people since the dawn of time. When Rockefeller introduced allopathic medicine, many herbal remedies fell by the wayside as people put their faith in prescription pills and the world just gets sicker. Here at Heathen Herbs, we look to the past and to nature for answers. We offer tinctures, magnesium skin cream, lip balm, tooth powder, colloidal silver throat spray, and more. Check us out at heathenherbs.com. Listening to Renegade Broadcasting.
right, guys. Welcome back. Uh, I don't want to jinx problems. guys welcome back um yeah i I don't want to jinx myself here but uh knock on wood so far my theory seems to be working my eyes seem to be doing a little better in the morning so i don't know how long that's gonna last but uh so far so good definitely uh morning shows are better for me right now all right guys uh so here's what einstein said um He said, I have worked out a dynamic theory of gravity in all details and hope to give this to the world very soon. This was not long before his death, guys. Once again, we don't know the details of this theory because they seized his papers. However, what I'm going to be presenting here shortly, I think, is exactly what he found out, guys, what what he had, had elaborated on. He also said that his discovery about gravity, quote, explains the causes of this force and the motions of heavenly bodies under its influence so satisfactorily that uh, it'll put an end to idle speculations and false conceptions as that of carved space. (laughs) Curved space, excuse me. It's going to, you know, he called it idle speculations and false conceptions, the idea of curved space. He said what he f- had found will put that to rest once and for all, absolutely. Only the existence of a weld of force can account for the motion of the bodies as observed. Only a force can account for it, not the warping of space, but a force holding celestial objects in place absolutely and like i said guys that force has been in front of us all along it's very simple and you know what the key is i i kind of had this concept already but there was still something missing not anymore not anymore once i became aware of, of something uh recently that I'll be sharing with you. Now it makes complete sense. And I know that Tesla um, was aware of this. He talked about it. So I'm convinced, guys, that what he was going to share was what I have found. Absolutely no question about it. He also said that only the existence of a field of force can account for the motions of the bodies, heavenly bodies, as observed. And its assumption 
dispenses with space curvature. Once again, he was adamantly opposed, and rightly so, to this nonsense of space curvature. He knew that didn't explain anything, that it was a force that held these bodies in place and caused them to revolve around, you know, a, a central body, a large central body. Absolutely. And, you know, just by saying it's gravity, well, what is gravity? If you can't explain it, how can you say that it actually uh, exists as a force? You can't demonstrate it. I'm not going to spill the beans yet because I got a few more things I got to cover first as far as what gravity is, but it's obvious what gravity isn't, guys. It can't be, you know, look at how laughable this is. They, 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 uh, they say that effort doesn't exist because we can't detect it, but yet they'll turn around and say that gravity exists as a new kind of force separate from electromagnetism and, and the, the weak and strong, strong magnetic forces. They say it exists as a separate force, but yet they can't demonstrate it, although now they claim that they've detected gravity waves. Have they? What actually have they detected, guys? When you have a, a presupposition, you will grab at anything that comes along that might be indicative of something else entirely, but you'll grab it because it seems to support your premise. Bible believers do it all the time, right? They'll take the, you know, the, the complexities of life and they'll say, it had to be a God. I'm not saying, guys, that, that, that there wasn't some, you know, supernatural hand. I, I don't know. But you cannot say that the complexities of life demand an intelligence. The answer is, I don't know. Unless you can demonstrate that that entity actually does exist, you can't insist that that's what put us here because you can't even prove that thing exists. The same with gravity. Yes, we can observe planets going around the sun. We can observe moons going around planets and on and on, right? We know there's something there that's causing it, but to make up a name, call it gravity, and say that it's an actual force you might be mistaking that force for something else that we already know about. It could already be something else, and you don't have to invent a new force, especially when you can't demonstrate that there's an actual new force that exists to account for these phenomena. You probably already guessed where I'm going with this. There's no such thing as gravity, folks, as a separate force apart from the other forces of nature that we already know exist. There isn't. They're calling something gravity that isn't gravity at all. It's not a new force. It's another force we've already been familiar with. We just haven't recognized it as such, or they haven't allowed us to recognize it as such. Tesla's explanation of gravity obviously involved the ether. And remember, that this same ether, he said, uh, was also responsible for facilitating the movement of, uh, you know, waves of um, electromagnetic, uh, you know, energy, light, and, and whatnot through space, right? It's also what propagates, uh, the you know, the, the, the orbits of planets, celestial bodies. It's the same uh, substantival force, if you will, 
that accounts for all of this, that allows transmission of energy through space. Uh, I'm convinced Tesla was absolutely right, as so many other scientists before him, right, going back centuries. Um, but let us now engage in some interesting thought experiments to see if we can somewhat reconstruct what Tesla had concluded as far as gravity goes. We've already seen uh, that magnets appear to produce a substantival uh, repulsive force, right? When you take, you know, the, the two south ends or the two north ends and try to put them together, you can feel something physical there pushing. You can't detect it with your fingers, right? You touch the tips of those magnets and there's nothing. It feels like there's nothing there. But the minute you go to push those magnets together, there is something, it feels solid that's pushing them away. Science has already confirmed that it's not, uh, um, you know, physical electrons that, that are disseminated out of the, uh, you know, the magnet. There's nothing physical there. It's just, quote, the magnetic force. But something is giving that magnetic force, uh, you know, a feeling of physicality when you try to put those two same poles together, right? That is what Tesla identified as the ether. Not a warping of space, some actual uh, force or presence that enables transmission of, of, uh, of waves that we can't detect any other way but to feel its effects. They say the same thing about gravity, right? We can't detect it in any other way, but we can feel its effects. That doesn't mean that it's a new force, though. What is this effect that you're feeling? What's causing it? Oh, guys, all these questions are going to be answered soon, believe me. And it's going to blow you away how simple it is. Um, so, um, let's see here. I got ahead of myself again. Uh, let's see. Okay, we can uh, apply this same idea now with the, the, the magnet to planetary orbits. If you've ever um, had ball magnets, you know, or marble magnets, every kid growing up had, you know, a set of those, right? Did you, did you ever have those when you were kids? The, the little plastic uh, marbles, but inside was a magnet. And so you could stack them up and make all kinds of neat shapes. You could make a necklace out of them, you know, whatever. Just take two ball magnets. You should be able to get them in any toy store, for crying out loud. Uh, or you can order them, um, the solid metal ones, from, uh, what is it, um, Edmund Scientific there. I think they're still in business. Um, just get a couple ball magnets and, and mess around with them. And you hold one in, in your left hand. And let's say that represents the sun, okay? And then take another magnet. And you can feel the pull if you hold it a few inches away. And get it so that maybe, depending on the size of the magnet, but, you, you know, usually it's about three inches away, where it's right at the limit of either the magnet being too far away that it doesn't pull or not too close that it'll pull it right in, you know, you kind of reach a, a, um, an equilibrium where the one magnet in your right hand is being pulled in 
but held in place. You, you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's not pulling it toward it. It's just you can feel the pull. If you start to rotate that magnet, and what you're doing is you're aligning the magnets so that the poles point up and down. Both poles are pointing up and down, not toward each other, away from each other. And you're going to rotate the magnet in your right hand around the magnet in your left hand uh, in, in the single plane right at the equatorial zone of the magnetic field, if you know what, if you know what I mean. Not the poles, but right in the middle. That is the same zone that planets orbit around the sun, that moons orbit around their parent planets. It's also the same plane that all the stars in any given galaxy orbit around the central area of the galaxy where all the energy is concentrated, right? At the center of the galaxy, just like in the solar system, the sun's energy is the concentration of that solar system's energy in the center of the solar system. What you're dealing with here, guys, is gravity. I mean, is magnetism, not gravity. The sun is a giant magnet. And when the planets go around the sun, they orbit in one plane because that's the most stable location for two magnetic bodies that are mutually attracted to one another. Because the sun is much larger, it's, it's at the center and all the other planets go around it because they're smaller and have less uh, you know, momentum, less mass. So of course they're gonna go around the sun instead of the sun going around them, right? But what are they going around in? They are orbiting in the equatorial zone of the sun's magnetosphere. I hope I'm explaining this right so you can understand. And like I said, the ball magnets is the best illustration. If you take those two ball magnets and make sure you align them so their poles are pointing up toward the ceiling, and then you align them side by side. And then you circle one magnet around and, and get it so it's not too close, so it gets sucked in, not too far away, so it doesn't feel the magnetic pull. Get it so it's right in that equilibrium zone, right? You'll know what I'm talking about when you do this. And now turn that magnet around in a circle and you can feel that it, you're actually experiencing what the planets experience when they go around the sun. But it, it's a little bit more than that. I'm, I, I, I got some more to say on that. That's kind of what I thought was going on. But I wondered, if that's the case, why don't the planets fly off away from the sun? What holds them locked in? This gets really interesting. I only knew about this rather recently, about a year ago when I put these notes together. There's a thing called quantum locking. Have you guys heard of this? If you take a powerful, you know, cadmium magnet, for example, and immerse it into liquid uh, nitrogen, you're freezing it to whatever it is, 180 below zero, whatever. When you do that, it has a profound effect on the magnetic field produced by that magnet now. It causes it to do some really strange things. Do realize that out in space, in the deep, freeze of space, you've got temperatures even colder than liquid nitrogen. 
temperatures at you know zero degrees Kelvin, which is about 300 degrees below zero. That's the average temperature of outer space. In that environment, magnetic fields are subjected to the same type of uh, arrangement that you get when you immerse a magnet in liquid nitrogen. The magnetic field now changes its effects. It's not the regular magnetism we experience in, at room temperature. What happens there is that the, the magnet now producing the, the magnetic field uh, will hold an object at bay literally in midair. Do you ever see these things on YouTube, guys? It'll blow your mind. You could take two ball magnets and, you know, if they've been subjected to these cold temperatures, right? You take one magnet, you put it in the, in the, in the center, and then you take another magnet now. You can put it near the other magnet say like three inches away and it'll stay there if you give it a push it will actually orbit indefinitely in that one position as long as the temperature remains at whatever you know below zero 180 or in the case of outer space 300 below zero as long as that temperature remains you know cold right and space is perpetually incredibly cold that magnet will constantly, it gets no resistance in outer space, right? So it, it is literally a perpetual motion uh, situation. That magnet will orbit the second magnet perpetually in the same position. It'll never change unless some other force is exerted on it to cause it to move. Guess what? You can take that same magnet that's doing that orbiting, you can grab it and move it another inch or two away, and now it'll be locked into another position. You can push it and it'll perpetually orbit the central magnet without stopping in that position. And do you know why it stays in that particular position? You can move it a little further away until it gets so far away that it's outside of its magnetic influence. But you can move it from say two inches to three inches to five to six. What you're doing is you're moving that magnet into another one of the magnetic field lines of the central magnet that it's orbiting. You understand what I'm saying? So when you come to the planets now, each planet orbits in a different orbit, a different distance from the sun, because each planet is in a different magnetic field line of the sun. They don't go flying off away from the sun or fall into the sun because they are locked into that magnetic field line because of uh, what's called uh, uh, quantum locking. They are quantumly locked because of the incredibly cold conditions that change the properties of the sun's magnetic field, just like the cadmium magnet dropped into the liquid nitrogen. Guys, that's all we're dealing with here. That's what gravity, as far as what holds planets in orbit and moons in orbit, that's what gravity is. It's magnetism in an extremely cold environment creating quantum locking. And scientists will say, well, no, no, it can't be because gravity doesn't have a repulsive force. It's only an attractive force. Bull crap. Gravity 
which is magnetism, does have a repulsive force, but we don't feel it because the planets are aligned with the sun and the moons of the planets are aligned with their parent planets in the equatorial zone of their magnetic fields. If you were to take a planet and place it above the sun's pole so that the planet's pole was aligned with the sun's pole, the same thing would happen as what, what happens when you did, do that with magnets. Either the two will attract each other and collide, or if, if it's pole to pole, north to north, south to south, they will repel each other and send each other flying away, or at least the smaller magnet will get sent flying away by the bigger, bigger magnet, the sun, right? You see what I'm saying? Gravity does have a push force, but we never see it exerted because all celestial bodies are aligned with each other on their magnetic field uh, equators. That's the only stable way that they can interact with each other, right? I hope I'm explaining this simple, guys. I hope you can understand. If you understand what I'm saying, if I explained it right, then you must be blown away right now like I was when I first came upon this. This is groundbreaking. And as far as I know, nobody else has ever put this together. I could be wrong. Well, other than obviously Tesla. I, I'm convinced this is exactly what Tesla had, had stumbled on. This is it, guys. There's no more mystery. Gravity is not a new force, a different force from electromagnetism. Gravity is electromagnetism. In the deep freeze of space, the planets are held in orbit. The sun is held in orbit around the center of the galaxy. Moons are held in orbit around their central, you know, respective planets. Because of quantum locking, the quantum locking effects of their respective parent body's magnetic field. That's it. No wonder moons always orbit in the same plane. Planets orbit in the same plane. Galaxies are flat disks where the stars are orbiting in the same plane. It all makes sense now. Quantum locking was the missing piece of the puzzle that I had been looking for. Didn't even know it, what, what it was. Like I said, until it's a little over a year ago, I'm like, oh my God, how did I not know about this? Now I can understand it. It makes total sense. We're still left with some questions though. If what we call gravity that holds planets in their respective orbits and stars and you know moons, if that's just magnetism, what about when we fall down? What about when we drop something? Is that magnetism? Nope. Nope. It's not the same force at all. They want us to think that what holds planets in orbit is the same force that causes things to drop to the ground uh, if you lose your grip on them. No, no, it's not. It's a completely different force. That's not gravity. In fact, there is no gravity. There's either electromagnetism, which is what holds the planets in orbit, or there's what causes you to drop things to the ground. That's not gravity. It's inertia. The Earth, guys, is constantly rotating, and it's constantly in orbit around the sun. That creates a powerful inertia. Just like, you know, if you go on a, on a 
roller coaster ride, right? Did you ever do this? When you're doing the loop to loop thing and you're upside down, do you ever try to uncross, if, if your legs are crossed, did you ever try to uncross them or just lift your feet off the floor of the, the, the car that you're riding in? It's very difficult, isn't it? Because you, you're now under a, a force of like three, four, maybe even five Gs, depends how fast you're going. But that inertia prevents you from even lifting your, your leg because your leg is many times heavier now because of this literally artificial gravity. They'll even tell you that inertia has the same effects as gravity because it is gravity or what we call gravity. It is. The Earth's rotation on its axis and its orbit around the sun creates a powerful inertia that holds everything down. That's it. It's not a new force. No wonder we can't detect gravity. There is no such thing, guys. There is no gravity. It's either electromagnetism when it comes to holding things in orbit or it's inertia that causes things to fall to the ground. End of story. No mystery, no PhD required, no complex mathematical formulas. A simple thought experiment solved the whole thing. Can you imagine? If anybody has any objections to this, drop me an email. I'd like to hear from you. I don't see how you can get around this. This is as clear as the light of day. Frickin' unreal, guys. Unreal. How many people, well-meaning, you know, even scientists that have tried to crack this, and yet they'll never crack it, not because they're not smart enough, they'll never crack it because they think that they've got to harmonize it with the pre-established ideas, uh, the Einsteinian principles, BS. Scrap all of that. Step outside of that cage and do some independent thinking for a change. It's simple common sense. Anyway, I really want to add myself here now because I think I skipped over some uh, other points I wanted to make. Let me just go through my notes here. Uh, but in a nutshell, guys, that's it. I mean, when I, you know, uncovered this, I was just blown away. I'm like, this is it, this is it. I need not look any further. I don't need to, uh, you know, uh, harbor any more doubts. That, that That's it. Solved. Mystery solved. Tesla had this to say about the effects of the uh, ether under extreme cold conditions. Oh, we got a break coming up. This is a very interesting show, guys. We're going to get back together.
hearing all about Jews and their beloved Israel. This is America. Hey, don't say that. Jews do so much for us and deserve our thanks. Okay, so what do they do? Although they are only 2% of the population, they are running our banks and overall monetary system, ensuring our children receive proper education and medication, entertaining us with TV, movies, magazines, and gossip, running some of our biggest corporations, including the big tech giants, weeding out awful hate speech, and promoting the rainbow of alternative lifestyles and gender identities, and funding the campaigns of our honorable and modest politicians. Wow, they sure do a lot. That's right. Don't be an anti-Semite. Let the chosen rulers of this world know you appreciate them. Thanks, Jews! guys welcome back by the way i mentioned the you know the ball magnet experiment um if you, when you do it you you hold the left ball in your hand that represents the sun the one in your right hand represents the planet as you do it as you're as you're moving the right marble around the left one in a circle you know to have it orbit spin that ball and you can feel that it's more stable as you do that again all planets rotate, right? It provides stability so that it'll stay more securely in that position. And of course, in doing so, it creates more of a, of a you know, an angular momentum and thus holds everything on its surface down. What is called gravity. It's not gravity, guys. Not gravity at all. It's not a, a, a different force outside of the forces we already know of, electromagnetism and inertia. Anyway, um, uh, let's see. I had a Tesla quote here. Oh, here it is. Yeah. So here's what Tesla had to say about the effects of um, ether under extreme cold conditions. Guys, Tesla knew about this, damn it. I guarantee you that the idea he said he was going to present to the world that explained everything we got in gravity, this is it. Listen to what he said about extreme cold temperatures. When the ether gets cold enough, its properties change, causing strange phenomena uh, to both atoms and light. Using very cold temperatures is a way to isolate exactly what the ether affects Cold temperatures are to ether, uh, to ether physics what accelerators are to particle uh, physics. He knew, guys, he knew about quantum locking and all the other strange effects that occur 
at extreme cold temperatures when magnetic fields are, are exposed to them. That is the answer right there. Out in space, we do have those extreme cold temperatures. Therefore, the magnetic power of the, of the sun does create uh, quantum locking. That's what holds the planets in. They're orbiting magnetic field lines. Guys, you can demonstrate this yourself. Uh, you know, you ever see pictures of Saturn's rings? It's not just three big bands. Those bands divide into ever smaller little strands. You will see that same effect if you get a magnet and put a piece of paper over it and then spread a, spread a bunch of metal filings on, on that piece of paper. Do you ever do this when you're a kid? The metal filings will arrange themselves in concentric circles around that central magnet. That's what you have with Saturn's rings. The particles orbiting around Saturn are organizing themselves around Saturn's magnetic field lines, creating those individual little ringlets. This explains everything. Now, of course, as I mentioned before, you would expect to see that with, you know, galaxies, right? Galaxies should be arranged with their stars in concentric circles, but that's not what you see. But that can be explained easily by plasma cosmology. It's not just the uh, magnetic field. There's also plasma involved, uh, elect you know, electrical forces involved, which, don't forget, electricity and magnetism are pretty much the same force. But if you ask me, electricity is a more intensified, an intensified version of magnetism. But when you have that more intensified version, it overrides the uh, the regular electrical uh, field, and now electricity plays in and and will create more strange effects. That's why galaxies are spirals instead of concentric circles. But no, it, it, it all fits, guys. It, it it all makes complete and total sense. Don't need to be a genius, uh, you know, to see this. Anyway. Um, Let's see here. Understand, guys, that the Earth spins at 508.5 yards per second, rotating, you know, on its, on its axis. That's pretty damn fast. But then when you add in the fact that it's orbiting the sun at 67,000 miles per hour, that's pretty goddamn fast. So when you take that into consideration, that's an incredibly powerful um, angular momentum, right? Uh, you know, an, an inertia force. If you can experience that kind of inertia force when you're uh, um, the relatively minor one, it still feels major to you, but it's minor, you know, when you're on a roller coaster doing a loop-to-loop, -loop, right? But that, that, you know, that's something everybody can experience. Oh, for that matter, take a bucket of water, you know, and you can spin it over your head, right? If you get it going fast enough, you can spin that bucket upside down over your head and not a drop of water will fall out of it, again, because of the momentum, right? Um, that's gravity. That's gravity. Or what they call gravity, you know. That's it. Anyway, I wanted to make sure I wasn't skipping anything else here, and then I, uh, I do have some time left, so I will cover some headlines. Um, 
Let's see here. Thought I had another. Uh, Tesla once said of Einstein's uh, relativity proposal that it, quote, warp, uh, wraps all of these errors and fallacies and clothes them in magnificent mathematical garb. There you go, guys. Uh, which fascinates, dazzles, and makes people blind uh, to the underlying errors. Yeah, just like I was saying, Tesla pointed out that that's all Einsteinian physics is, guys. It just dazzles you with these fancy mathematical formulas. That's what string theory is. It's all these fancy mathematical formulas. It all looks great and sounds impressive, but it doesn't represent anything in the real world. It's BS. It's smoke and mirrors. It's distractionism away from real science. Tesla was right about so many things, guys, on so many levels. And that's why very few have ever heard of him. The only reason why more people know about him now is because of Frickin' phony-ass uh, uh, Elon Musk. Well, there I go. I swore again, but I already blew it for this show, so hopefully tomorrow uh, we'll have a better go at it. Here's a quote from, uh, let's see, Lewis Thomas on science and certainty, an article in Discover Magazine back in the 1980. He said, science is founded on uncertainty. We are always... Uh, as it turns out, fundamentally wrong, he said. The only solid piece of scientific uh, truth about which I feel totally confident, he said, is that we are profoundly ignorant about nature. <laughs> Imagine that, guys. Now, here's an honest scientist worth his weight in gold, admitting that you know, scientists are profoundly ignorant about nature. There's so much we don't know that even though, yeah, we have made a lot of advances in a lot of areas, we're still at the tip of the iceberg, guys. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to make much progress beyond what we've already done as long as we're still clinging to nonsensical BS like Einsteinian physics. Imagine that, guys. They got you chasing shadows, looking for evidence of something that doesn't exist. There's no such thing as gravity, guys. Now, you tell it to most people, they'll, they'll, they'll call you crazy. Well, we can see the effects of it all the time. You're seeing the effects of either electromagnetism when it comes to celestial bodies orbiting each other, or inertia when it comes to things falling to the ground. That's all you're seeing. But there is no gravity. There's no force outside of those two uh, that's in existence. So really, guys, we only have three forces of nature, not four. That's the biggest problem for the theory of everything, isn't it? How do we fit gravity into this? We can, we can see the relationships between the other three forces, and they all emanate from, from the, the, the quantum world, you know, the subatomic world. But how do we fit gravity in with that? They've even invented particles called gravitons, which, of course, have never been demonstrated, but they've got a lot of dumb arses thinking that they actually exist. You don't need a theory of everything anymore. Oh, wow. I mean, if you don't need it, you don't need to keep looking anymore or trying to 
get it to work out, you know, for gravity to fit in there. It's already fit in. There's your theory of everything, guys. It's already there. It's been there all along. They got people looking for something that's already been found. Do you see how they're wasting otherwise, you know, uh, prosperous scientific minds out there that could be advancing us forward? They're wasting their time getting them to chase after something that doesn't need to be chased after. Oh, it, it's so disgusting. Anyway, here's another quote along that line. Uh, this is also from Discover Magazine, October of 2003. We don't know anything. Everything about gravity is mysterious. Yeah, it is mysterious. If you accept the notion that Einsteinian physics has any merit to it, if you accept that all your findings regarding gravity have to be harmonized with Einstein's uh, foundational ideas, Throw that crap out. Go back to things that Tesla was saying, and then there's no mystery. It's solved. Now we can move on to bigger and better things. It's very simple. It does not require complex mathematical formulas. Here's one final quote. Um, this is from Nature Reviews, an article called Gravity uh, leaps into quantum world, January 17, 2002. Um, right now, we don't have a theory of how gravity is created. That's uh, Thomas Bold of the Los Alamos Laboratory. We don't have a theory as to how gravity is created. Yes, we do. We absolutely do. Either you don't know it because you've been blinded by Einsteinian BS or you're lying to keep your job. But either way, oh, we do. We do. It's answered, guys. It's now answered. There's no more mystery. All right. Anyway, uh, that finishes that topic. Absolutely fascinating stuff, guys. I, uh, I, I was so anxious. I couldn't wait to get to this. You know, this is something I've talked about off and on. I did a show a while back on how I thought gravity was a push force. Remember that? And that doesn't change. I still believe it's a push force, but it's also a pull force, isn't it? Uh, just like magnetism, magnetism both pushes and pulls. And so does, quote, gravity, which is not a separate force from magnetism. It is magnetism. The only reason we don't see celestial bodies pushing is because they're all aligned on their equatorial magnetic planes and they're quantumly locked because of the extreme cold nature of space. Isn't it a damn good thing that outer space is uh, at the extremely low temperatures that, that, that it is, guys? If it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have the quantum locking. You wouldn't have things orbiting each other in an orderly fashion, would you? Quantum locking is what holds everything together. It's what makes the difference between order and chaos in, you know, in the universe. Quantum locking. I, uh, Einstein. Uh, Tesla was right, guys. He said it. In extreme cold temperatures, things work differently. 
new laws kick into place. Yes. And that's how to make sense of what's going on out in the cosmos. That's it. I can't stress it enough, guys. Game over. Your mind is now freed from their lies that have kept us in the dark, chasing shadows. All right. So let's cover some headlines. I said I wasn't going to cover headlines, well, except in occasions like this. Well, occasions when there's something really big or occasions where I finish my notes early and then I can, you know, have some time. Lots of crazy stuff going on. Uh, as always, guys, we have another thoroughly Jewish administration. Hasn't that always been the case? I've done whole shows on this, guys, talking about, you know, starting with, well, I can do this with every administration, but I started with, I think it was FDR, and I just went on right up the line through all the presidents ever since, showing how every one of these administrations has been saturated. Even before him, they were, but they weren't always so well known, you know, their, their names were changed. Now, they don't even bother hiding who they are, you know, they just come right out and tell you. Uh, and so let's look at some of the key players now in this scoundrel's administration. You've got Ronald Klain, who is uh, White House Chief of Staff. You've got Anthony Blanken, Secretary of State. Janet Yellen, Secretary of the Treasury. Oh, you always got to get a tribe member occupying that position now, don't you? God damn it. Um, Let's see, Merrick uh, Garland, Attorney General, Alejandro uh, Mayorkas, or Majorcas, I guess is how you pronounce that in Spanish, Secretary of uh, uh, DHS, Homeland Security, guys. Avril uh, Haynes, Director of National Intelligence, uh, Wendy Sherman, Deputy Secretary of State, Rachel Levine, Assistant Secretary of, uh, of Health. Oh, yes, got to make sure you have that, uh, you know, that base covered, especially with the COVID BS. Eric uh, Lander, Director of uh, Office of Science and Technology uh, Policy. Make sure they, you know, have all scientific developments controlled and sabotaged. Ann uh, Newberger, Deputy National Security Advisor for uh, Cyber Security. Oh, my God, guys, they do have all the bases covered, don't they? And, of course, CIA Deputy Director is David Cohen, a Cohenite. And then you got Doug uh, Emhoff. Uh, second gentleman. Oh, they're so gentle, aren't they? And of course, let's not forget Miss Cameltoe herself, Kamala Harris, <laughs> the president. Oh, <coughs> excuse me, vice president. <laughs> Pardon me. Look at this, guys. Look at this. And that's not even a complete list. You know, it's just a just to wet your whistle a little bit. But look at this, guys. Every single time. But in spite of all that, let me assure you, uh, there's no Jewish conspiracy. <laughs> never has been, never will be. Wow, guys. Wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Business as usual. Wow, guys. Uh, the uh, morning thing has been working up to this point. It looks like, uh, yeah, I was saying about two hours my eyesight is good for, not even an hour and 45 minutes, which is good. You know, I, I, this sh I should still be able to do well, uh, much better in the mornings. But I'm already starting to have trouble now reading. Uh, God damn, this sucks, man. This really, 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 really sucks. Uh, one of the problems is I'm um, I'm actually farsighted, which is kind of a joke because I don't see good, you know, at a distance either. My eyesight sucks across the board. But my eyes are more attuned to, you know, long-distance viewing better than, than close up. And so naturally, that's where I'm going to have the problem. Uh, you know, if I take my glasses off and look across the room, my eyes aren't strained at all. I can see fine. But... Uh, because I'm not nearsighted, this is where the problem is. And it sucks. Because maybe I should uh, sit across the room from my computer screen. Maybe I can read the, <laughs> the text better that way. I don't know. Um, just blow it up big. And, oh, Jesus, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble now reading the freaking headlines here. So bear with me. There's only a few more minutes left. On uh, January 21st, RT.com had this headline. Uh, halfway through this winter of, uh, of COVID, overall mortality is around normal for this time of year, guys. Uh, something doesn't add up, it says. Yep, something doesn't add up all right. And you can go back to last year's death st uh, statistics. According to the CDC itself, guys, the death toll not only didn't go up last year, it actually dropped. I'm talking about overall death toll, right? But it doesn't matter. If COVID was the, the deadly thing that they claimed, the death toll would have been through the roof, right? No. The death toll for 2020 was actually down by, I forget, several thousand, like six or seven thousand from the previous year. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't have been down at all. It should have been up if we actually were in a pandemic, right? If you look at those same statistics going back to 2012, every single year, the death rate rose by several thousand, right? 2012 to 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Until we get to 2020, it actually dropped it dropped what a joke and now here we have this article from rt telling us that yes so far this season uh you know there's no increase in the death rate it's no worse than any other uh, other year and yet they got the panic thing going oh they're starting already guys the new imperial majesty hasn't even been in office for, uh, uh, you know, a week yet. Five days, in fact. And already you can see it coming. They're talking about, oh, there's a new wave outbreak over here and a new wave outbreak over there. Give them, what, another couple of weeks, guys. 
You're going to see another lockdown. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. The question is, are people going to fall for it? I'm already seeing some encouraging signs, you know, thousands of restaurants in California are flipping Newsom the bird. A lot of people are demanding that he uh, be removed from office, too. Good, 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 excellent. I saw an interview with Florida's governor. I forget his name there. Uh, he was on Tucker Carlson. He seems pretty good. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if he's a tribe member or not. But nevertheless, at least what he's saying sounds good. And he seems to be putting his money where his mouth is because he's not engaging in, you know, the BS down there. I don't know how he's <laughs> able to, to do that. Uh, they'll probably pop him off if he is the real deal. Um, but he's like, yeah, well, you know, I, what we're doing is, is working great. We're not destroying the economy. Uh, you know, he says that that is not good for the people of Florida to be shutting down uh, the, the economy. That's not what we need right now. He's right. You don't see many other governors talking like that, do you? Oh, there's a couple, you know, the South Dakota and well, I, I forget a couple others. But um, certainly not in the states that really count like California guys. Oh, they had to make sure they got a real piece of crap. What is he, the nephew of uh, Pelosi? <laughs> they always got to make sure the real important countries, the real important states are always being headed up by one of their sleazebag minions. Look at Cuomo. Need I say any more? But yeah, guys, we're, we're looking at the lockdown. It's coming. It's coming. NBC News uh, reported on the 15th. Uh, Biden to deploy FEMA National Guard as part of national vaccination plan. Yep. Once again, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Old boss. Trump talked about it, right? Never actually had the opportunity to, to, to do it. But here's Biden going to pick up right where Trumpy boy left off in uh, deploying the military to administer the, the death jab. Oh, and is, is it ever a death jab? More and more reports are coming out every day, guys. Uh, it was just another death in California. Uh, more in, in uh, I think I mentioned last week, in, in Norway. And, and the ones that aren't dying, a lot of them are getting, you know, Bell's palsy. And oh, my God, man. Gateway Pundit had this headline on the uh, 20th. Uh, who admits that their testing grossly overestimates individuals uh, testing positive for COVID? Yeah, that came out this past week, guys. Who admitted that the test has been run through far too many, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, um, thresholds, you know, the the What's the other word I'm thinking of? Oh, geez, I can't even think of it now. Anyway, cycle threshold, that's it, yeah. You know, anything 35 or higher. Fauci admitted this back in, like, July, remember? And now here's the who. Months later, they're now admitting. But did that change anything? Did it change anything when Fauci made that admission? No. Is it going to change anything with the who admitting it? No. It's just butt coverage, that's all. They're not going to change their policy. But they, they're going to put that statement out there so it looks like they're, you know, legitimately uh, operating and, and trying to do what's in the best interest of the public. So they make these statements, but nothing was done and nothing will be done 
to change the scam that they're running. They're still going to keep running these tests at 35 or higher uh, cycle thresholds, producing these false positives. But it doesn't matter, guys. The fact that these admissions were made, you can shove this in people's faces. Uh, look up Gateway Pundit, January 20th. Uh, who admits they're testing grossly overstates individuals testing positive for COVID? Grossly overstates. That's the who's own words. Grossly overstates. Absolutely. And that's what the whole thing has been hinging on. So, you know, get that article and, and, and throw it in people's faces. The San Francisco Chronicle had this article on uh, the 19th. 50 Bay Area restaurants uh, and wineries sue Gavin Newsom over outdoor dining ban. Look at that, guys. Awesome. They're suing him. Yep. Freaking great, man. I think I hear the music coming in. Yep, yep. That's it for today. All right, guys. Another interesting topic for tomorrow. Uh, we'll see you then. Take care. look like what they represent and don't have grotesque scenes and themes. In fact, they are a celebration of beauty and life. Sure, they might cost a few hundred dollars, but just imagine how much they will be worth after Kyle becomes even more famous or infamous. Either way, you win. And with inflation, we can almost guarantee each painting will one day be worth $6 million. Just imagine if you were able to get one of Hitler's paintings when no one knew who he was. Visit kylepaintings.com. Buy an already painted piece or commission one. Say no to degenerate art and yes to kylepaintings.com. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove.